Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another episode of uh, Masala PTI Boys and Girls, uh, another COVID edition. I used to call this quarantine edition, but uh, we don't even know what we are supposed to do or what we are doing right now in this country. But anyway, I'm here with our uh, uh, co-host, Ravi. Ravi, how are you handling all this? The second mm-hmm. wave, if you will. I'm doing well. And in some ways, it feels like now we have finally reached uh, a state where all of this feels normal, right? I have no idea how the reversion to the previous normal will be uh, adapted uh, to by us. Uh, in fact, the only thing that I still feel is weirdly uh, uncomfortable is the lack of sport. Right, right. Other than that, it's kind of like the new normal has merged with the old normal. And we are kind of like, we don't know where we came from or where we are headed. Uh, that's that's how it looks like. But at least there is some action, Ravi, on the sports front. And we should probably hit on those. Uh, I can't wait for actual sports starting in a couple of weeks. I know like soccer and few other things are happening. But uh, you and me primarily are uh, kind of football, baseball, basketball people, the major sports, if you will. And mm-hmm. looks like they may be on the horizon. But the first topic I want to hit, Ravi, is uh, how do you feel on uh, Patrick Mahomes making almost as much money as you with this uh, <laughs> $503 million deal over 10 years or whatever that is? Uh, what's your uh, first reaction to those numbers and him coming after you? You know, prior to talking about the 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 issue in a serious manner, even uh, even at a at a joking manner, I was going to take off on what you said in regards to the value of his salary. But I frankly, I'm not even able to visualize what that means. And uh, uh, and, and you know, kudos to him and or his agent who kind of uh, designed it in such a way that uh, it a is a voluminous number. Anyways, but on top of it, it mm-hmm. feels feels like the 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 quota or the proportion of guaranteed versus non guaranteed is at a stage which kind of uh, supersedes the typical issue that NFL players have, which is their contract uh, amount actually makes no difference, right? I mean, it is immaterial; it is a useless number. The only number that is uh, kind of worth uh, looking at is the guaranteed amount. And I think in that sense also, Patrick Mahomes seems to have uh, done a fairly good job of uh, preparing for his future. And, you know, the other thing at a more, uh, I guess, uh, uh, qualitative uh, or intangible manner, if you had to have a team uh, to, to sign up with for the next decade, uh, you couldn't go wrong uh, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not like he's signing uh, for ten years, uh, five hundred million with uh, uh, with like the Minnesota Vikings or something like that. Uh, so, true, true. Or, or, or even better off, like with the New York Jets, for example. So yeah, so I think it seems like one of those ideally uh, clustered deals, which seems to support the player as well as the organization. What are your thoughts? 
right so that's that's what it sounds like they have really worked on this deal in a different way than the typical deals mm-hmm. and they've structured it in in a way that the reality is he may end up making that 500 million because he's that good but at the same time the team seems to have some ways to get out of it as well i i believe i mean it's so complex i don't claim to understand all the nitty gritty of the deal but at the lowest end looks like they may be even able to get out after like 180 million or 200 million or something in 2025 which probably won't happen because he's so good again and then he may actually make all of it right and then they may even have to rip it up in 2027 or 28 and pay him even more if the next tv contract ends up you know blowing up the uh nfl salary cap so they have done a really good job with probably the most elite talent in the league uh in a, a with uh, both longevity total number guaranteed number like you said as well as ways for the team to uh get out of it if need be that that's kind of the impression i get even though like i said i don't think uh, most people understand all of the nitty gritty yet uh yeah. there's some good there's some good articles out there explaining this contract but for the average fan it's a little bit uh you know too complicated but overall i think both sides wins and it's a tribute to mahomes talent that we are talking about a half a billion dollar contract as a good deal for the team as well right absolutely and and you know you further extend that uh, argument with the realization that we are talking about a quarterback uh, as in as position so let, you know even aside from the fact that um, that Pat, patrick mahomes is a transcendental talent at qb i'm talking about the it being a qb in the first place right. i think that itself justifies allocating a certain proportion a significant proportion of your overall salary cap on one person because we've had numerous examples right of teams in the past say divvying up uh, 20% of their salary cap amongst their five defensive linemen or you know there and going for the name brand you know who was the premier defensive player of the year the previous year and i'm forgetting a couple of names here but uh, actually <laughs> albert hainsworth comes to mind uh, he got a really fat deal with the redskins at the time um and or on the offensive side of the ball it's typically been you know running backs who get a massive contract none of it is guaranteed but at least for a year or so it takes up a significant chunk of the salary cap that the team has compared to any of those scenarios if there is a position you would rather you know cement yourself at it is qb in football and even then more microscopically you can't design a quarterback in the lab any better than patrick mahomes in today's football yeah perfect fit perfect team perfect coach too right yes. and that's that's another uh, part of it and they were also talking about how uh, uh, um, the eric bmi the offensive coordinator could actually seamlessly take over from read and this can go on as a great partnership with the same system and all of that now i don't know if uh, and he read is planning on quitting anytime soon but uh, given that this is a 10 year contract it may not be you know uh, too soon to start talking about a transition plan of course the oc probably deserves a head coaching job somewhere else even before that anyways right. uh, all in all a very interesting contract uh, 
you know, usually it's baseball where you see these long-term contracts with huge numbers, right? But this one puts everything else to shame. Though somebody was saying, and that's very good observation, that in baseball, when they give you a number, that is almost the guaranteed minimum they're going to make, right? Correct. In that's football, right. it's the opposite. The, the number is always like, if you hit all the incentives, if you never get released, blah, blah, blah. It's so 503 million billion or million, sorry, half a billion is kind of like the ceiling of what Mahomes can make. But uh, in baseball, typically when they say, you know, 330 million or whatever for uh, um, Bryce Harper or something, that is almost like the minimum he's going to make. So that is, with all that said, I think Mahomes is probably going to hit that uh, high water mark. Uh, good for him good for him and uh, anything else you want to add before we move on to the uh, next quarterback Cam Newton yes no nothing further on Patrick (laughs) Mahomes I mean all credit to him and uh, yeah life is made for him and his uh, uh, future generations and Ravi from our uh, Cardinals perspective we can only hope uh, Kyler Murray is deserving of something close to that in a couple of years right Yes, I mean it'll be great if he if he if he plays well enough to deserve it because that should hopefully then mean that the team has done well as well. Exactly. So, um, I'm excited for him though this year. Um, speaking of uh, you know exciting quarterbacks this year, so the other big news since the last time we spoke, Ravi is uh, Hoodie finally signing Cam Newton to a really uh, you know opposite of the half a billion dollar contract. <laughs> a bottom a bottom basement uh, clearance sale uh, type deal for uh, Cam Newton who is all said and done uh, you know ex MVP who is not even that old and he looks absolutely uh, you know ripped and in top physical shape which i guess has always been the case with him mm-hmm. and he's now going to uh, new england there's still a lot of questions i'm still not convinced he's the starter uh, I'm not still convinced that he's, uh, you know, passed all his physical uh, injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But with all that said, I think the upside is phenomenal there. And obviously, the Patriots' uh, odds for winning the Super Bowl and making it to the Super Bowl, everything took a positive hit. Overall, I love it for uh, Hoodie and the Patriots and for Cam Newton, too. I think if he proves himself here, then he's in for a big payday and, and another, uh, you know, uh, jump up in his career, right, from from various uh, fallen to right now. Overall, I like it. But at the same time, Ravi, I'm not sure Hoodie is going to just hand him the starting job yet. What do you think? That is true. I I will agree with your last comment, which is uh, that Hoodie is not inclined to give someone their starting job just based on name value. So he's going to, at least on on face value, keep it uh, competitive. Uh, but I see no reason or no way by the end of uh, training camp or prior to game one uh, for Cam not to have the starting job. Uh, as I think you and I, when we spoke about Cam in the offseason first, I've always held strong to the belief that he has a lot left in the tank. Um, you are a big fan. You are a big I'm, fan. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, I had some caveats or some kind of reservations around the kind of team that you know he might end up signing with, who may not be able to uh, make best use of his capabilities. But 
frankly, that question still remains in the sense that are we talking about the system being modulated in order to accommodate his his strengths, or does he have a you know late uh, career uh, renaissance where he plies his trade in the best way the team sees it fit? Either ways, I have trust. I mean, you can't again. you know similar to our qb discussion with patrick mahomes you can't ask for a better coach than hoodie to figure that out uh, so i'm really excited about this that's a, a fair point in the sense that for hoodie he would not be scared to switch things up right if he really wants to make cam newton uh, the face of his franchise for this year there's a couple of things he could do right one thing is he could still have jarrus stidham in his back pocket as the future qb uh-huh. he doesn't have to commit to uh, cam for the next 10 years right he's just a one year deal and take it one year at a time but I, like you said one good thing with the hoodie is he's the kind of guy who changes his game plan game to game right he's not yes. scared to do weird stuff from a game to game standpoint so he i can see him and the offensive coordinator completely switch things up to help cam out this year at the same time look at uh, stidham as it's uh, as the future as well so he, there's a couple of ways he could go with this but i i hope if assuming there is a normal training camp and all that i think this would be a open competition obviously and like you said uh, at least there's a 50% shot if not more that cam grabs this job by its throat right but now that without any of those uh, you know training camp we don't know what's going to happen with any of that i think uh, that affects cam newton a little bit more because stidham has been in the system he knows things a little bit uh, more uh, you know f- is more familiar with what's going on out there in new england so it's going to be interesting but if this was a pre covid situation i would give the edge to cam uh, do you think that's going to affect him i do not think so you know where cam i think stands very differently from uh, other mega talents that have had uh, personal issues between their head like you know as recently as last year with antonio brown i think cam's never been a problem in regards to doing what the team needs him to do to win that's so you know and there is a fine line between being seen as a selfish player and someone who is selfish enough to jeopardize uh, you know what's going on around him and that way i feel cam's always been ready to do what it takes to get his team a win and i'll use uh, a specific sure. specific example here i mean i think the number of times that uh, he's called a qb sneak off of the one yard line mm-hmm. uh, versus the number of times that the coaches have called it i mean there was an article i read recently where he took more punishing blows by the goal line than any quarterback in history and a lot of it had to do with him just you know wanting to ensure that they score and he thought the best way to score would be for him to uh, you know push the line in but in any case to me that's the differentiator between him and a lot of other head cases theo or antonio brown or i mean in some ways i, yeah. I look at aaron rodgers that way as well uh, and i think so that would itself help him fight hard enough to win the starting job versus assuming that he owns the starting job yeah i definitely don't look at him as a head case as much as he is known not to be uh, 
very smart with his decision making or picking up the playbook right that's more mm-hmm. my concern is just a lack of experience and time in picking up whatever hoodie wants him to do and i think recently he posted some video cam saying that yeah the patriots uh, uh playbook looks like calculus or something like that so he is definitely working on it but my concern is whether he is going to be extremely comfortable with it and if hoodie is going to be comfortable with the idea that cam can run whatever he wants him to that's more my concern but i agree with you that he is not a malcontent by any stretch of the imagination he just has his own style which is a little off putting to some people mm-hmm. but but he's is definitely a team player and the question is whether he's going to do what they need him to do at the comfort level they need him uh, to operate at uh, but anyway he may definitely be an upgrade over brady right brady despite his name i don't think has had a great couple of years definitely not the last year was not like the typical brady year we just right. assume right we just assume it is as fans because of the name but really in terms of play there's a reason why hudi kind of let him walk yes you know so hudi has two characteristics when it comes to uh, actual players one is he knows ahead of the rest of the world when a player is kind of on his way downhill and <laughs> yeah. he, he lets go of them in a very proactive manner the other thing which is related to this whole conversation is he also seems to target or bookmark certain players against whom against whom he's had issues with i mean issues as in from a having to manage uh, playing versus them so there was this again an article or i don't remember if it was an article or a youtube video where uh his press conference after one of those patriots carolina game was all about cam and how great he was and who <laughs> usually never goes superlative on any opposing player and so 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 in that sense also uh, you have to give it to the genius of the guy that he knows something that we all are frankly maybe completely missing aside from whatever we have just spoken about that makes him think that this is going to work if he really like cam like you said it's really impressive how he totally waited this out right <laughs> and, yeah. and basically uh, got him at 10 cents uh, for the do- dollar if i was in his position and liked him that much i would have been jumping up and down and signing him on the first day of free agency for like 10 million dollars right uh, yeah. but this goes to show how uh, he just knows how to do these things he just waited it out he just basically took the risk that he maybe cam does sign with someone else but he didn't finally cam had to unfortunately agree to a deal which i'm sure cam had no interest in signing a few weeks back and then finally hoodie gets his wish as always that's right that's right you have to be, you know it, 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 and it's it's almost unfair right i mean a great team <laughs> great coach ends up also getting the best deals in the market exactly anyways we should obviously keep an eye on that uh, i i'm glad cam is in the league and that too with a good team and let's see what happens this may affect ravi all our projections for uh, NFC East and what not but that's a conversation for another day now let's see uh, where we are with what any of this even means what do you think about 
both NFL and college football coming back. Uh, NFL has already canceled all the preseason games. College football is uh, doing a bunch of st- stuff. I think Ivy League is not going to play this fall. Big Ten is saying only in conference. I really don't know, Ravi, where this is headed. If you had asked me two weeks back as much as I was the pessimist and you were the optimist, I had a lot of optimism for football just because of the culture of, uh, you know, both college football and NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like they would somehow pull this off. But now if you look look at where this country is in in terms of dealing with this virus, which which we are obviously doing pretty bad, and the clock is ticking, it's getting closer and closer, and uh, I, I really don't know where this is going. My take, Ravi, is I think there will still be football in some okay. form, mm-hmm. but I'm losing hope it will be a 17-game season starting on the scheduled time and ending at the scheduled date and time. That's where I am at. I think they will still pull this off. And I think the biggest strength they have is if baseball and basketball does happen, right? We'll, we'll talk about that next. They get to see uh, both models, right? Baseball is actually going to play in local markets without mm-hmm. fan, fan, of course, but it's going to fly back and forth. Basketball is doing this bubble thing, which I think is pretty impractical for both NFL and college football, obviously. Yes, yes, that's right. But but at least NFL gets to see both, and I think they'll pull it off. But I'm losing hope that it'll start on, uh, you know, uh, scheduled date and end on scheduled date. Where are you with, uh, with the NFL? You know, on this topic for a change, I'm aligned with you completely. Uh, it's it's It just feels a little bit of a pipe dream for things to work exactly according to the schedule that's been laid out. And mm-hmm. I'm including even the NFL there. Because of the uncertainty that we are still in, I think two months in since we last or since we first spoke about this, A, I don't think there has been any further clarity on you know a resolution to this pandemic. And B the small window when things were opened up brought about such a dramatic impact that people are probably even more gun-shy now than they were before. In parallel, parallel, the sporting community and the organizations have gone ahead and have launched the entire logistics almost as if they're oblivious to what's going on in the rest of the world and especially in the rest of the country. And to me, Mm -hmm. that's a toxic combo where... uh, People are like, we have no better education or knowledge on how we are going to cope up with day-to-day things. But on the other hand, it feels like there is this you know, entire school of thought which seems to suggest that we will have a 16-game regular season and we need to start picking up our fantasy players and so on and so forth. And to me, that feels very impractical. You touched on the key word there, fantasy. So obviously, <laughs> you, me and millions of other Americans uh uh, probably 100 million plus, who knows, uh, would miss fantasy more, you know, more than any of the actual leagues if if it comes to that. But Absolutely. like I said, I, I do think they will pull it off. It will just be uh, in a slightly different form. Now, I saw just now, I saw like the Jaguars are saying they will fill up to like 25% capacity. So they are even thinking of having fans in stands. But what if there's one thing, Ravi, we have learned over the last four months, and none of these planning means anything. 
uh, right? I mean, it's just Correct. talk. Uh, the, the 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 virus basically decides what we do with it. Uh, I I still hope they have some football in there. Uh, a college, I think, is going to be messy. Uh, you know, each each conference might have to figure out what they want to do themselves, and it's going to be a weird, weird season. But for NFL, uh, maybe it's a ten game season, twelve game season. Let's see what happens. But in the meantime, Ravi. Uh, Basketball, I think pretty much everybody has arrived in that bubble in Orlando, even though, you know, uh, or Florida is just blowing up as a hotspot. They have their rooms, they have their quarantine, they have their, uh, you know, home delivery or room service food. It all seems to be moving. uh, But at the same time, MLS, uh, which is also in Orlando, Two teams have already checked out because they have had so many positive cases that they're not going to even field the team in the MLS tournament. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I want this NBA thing to work, but I, I am afraid that there's, uh, we need to be ready for all kinds of weird things, including possibly a team or two being forced to kind of check out. Uh, that's where I am at with, I'm at with the uh, NBA season. Any any thoughts on that now that we are actually in the bubble? See, the only uh, consolation in the case of the NBA is just the fact that we are talking about something, uh, you know, that is starting sooner rather than later, or rather the timeline between now and the start of this bubble season is a few weeks versus a few months. Every extra day that you give for someone something to start, you feel like something uncertain is going to happen. So in that True. sense, at least there is no sudden unexpected crap that is likely to or less probability of something like that happening between now and July 30th. And that's the only silver lining here. Otherwise, I, again, to me, all of this feels like one giant muddle where no one has even close to an exact uh, guarantee or an answer. And we are just hoping and praying that things stay the same. Exactly. And then the pro- the frustrating part for me, Ravi, is I do feel like every developed nation has shown that you could actually flatten the curve and yes. then you could actually do these things uh, relatively safely and with some level of certainty. I feel like we as a country are struggling with it way more than any of the other developed nation. Now, as you and I, as Indian Americans, we know that there's a lot of problem in India, but then, you know, Indian realities are way different. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty commendable what they are even trying to do in terms of flattening the curve, but unfortunately, it's just not working, right? Things like social distancing are really hard to pull off in India. But here, if you look at every other European nation or Australian nation, I think New Zealand has sports with fans right now. Correct. And and it's just that we should be in a better spot as far as at least playing sports in a bubble goes, but we are not. Uh, the biggest concern, Ravi, is still this issue we talked about a couple of uh, episodes back where People are waiting apparently eight hours for tests and these guys are getting tested left and right, both the MLB players and NBA players. I don't know when the optics of that is going to, you know, look weird. Uh, You know, people have kind of accepted it right now. Uh, Let's see where that goes. Now, uh, as far as Asterix goes, uh, Ravi, where, where are you on that? Do you think this is a legitimate tournament this covid cup how do you how do you view it 
Um, I think so. I mean, I think it is as if it ends up happening. I think it would be as legitimate as uh, the nineteen ninety nine contract related short season. You are you, so, always ready to put asterisks on the Spurs. <laughs> Yeah, true Suns fan. Yeah, yeah, my dear Antonio McDyess led the Suns team, which got Palmer that year. Um, but but yeah, I mean, so to me, you know, this is this would be as much of an asterisk season as that. I say that because um, at the end of the day, they're not putting all the teams in one giant bubble and saying just fight it out, right? There is some still due acknowledgement to the teams that did well prior to COVID hitting us, and I yeah. Think in that sense it's a carry over from uh, how teams were calibrated or how they were ranked and how they were performing through the significant first part of the season so it almost feels like this is just rewards you know for a team such as the lakers if they end up winning so in that sense i feel it is it is fun. it is if um, and my point there in arvind is that if there was there had been no season at all and the entire years worth of an nba championship was being determined by this four week circus i would say no this is this is stupid but i do feel that there has been enough that has happened this season that doing this only justifies you know getting an outcome from it uh, that's a good point so what you're saying is unlike mlb nba at least is like 70% of the way and you could say that the standings and all of that is a little bit more legitimate than what mlb will end up with that's that's a good point actually but i'll tell you why there is what i think there are three things which is going to uh, drive this uh, decision number one people are just going to be the other 29 teams that's not winning is just going to be putting a you know asterisks on this right that's just the way things work yeah. you can call it you know uh, just bitterness or hate or whatever but that's how it's going to work that's unfortunate reality especially in the twitter world we live in today the second point the more legitimate two reasons to doubt this ravi or as follows one is i want to actually see how these guys play right yeah uh, it may be perfectly fine or it may be completely weird maybe they cannot get themselves riled up without the crowd right who knows maybe you know james arden is not the same player when he is in an empty gym uh mm, things right. like that i'm not saying it's one way or the other but i would like to see at least like a week or three games or four games and then uh, we will know whether this is legitimate or it is just completely random right because if you think about it ravi upsets are very rare in in basketball uh, yes, playoffs yes, that's right that's right right so if suddenly six seed and seven seed start advancing then you got to think wait a minute what's going on here so that's going to be Uh, you know a big determining factor right what actually happens in the bubble let's see them play a few games before deciding one way or the other the last that's point a, yeah yeah that's a, that's a that's a really good data point actually i must say arvin and that's the reason why you know at, on a serious <laughs> level i keep going back to the 99 season because weren't the Knicks the 8 seed that year Yes, uh, yes, they, they made it. Up, yes, yeah, and so to me, you know, I, I agree with you that that feels too much of an outlier to actually end up happening if the season was a full length uh, one. So, uh, but right. anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's that's a good point. But even then, you know, but for Phil Jackson, there was not a lot of asterisks 
Stark. He's the one That's who right. started that for the Spurs. Uh, at that time, it didn't look that odd that uh, the Knicks team went that far. But in retrospect, it was really weird, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen that often. Uh, at the last point, of course, is COVID, Ravi. Because if it starts taking out some superstars, then you got to put an asterisk on it, right? You cannot say... Uh, it's the same if, you know, Lakers and Bucks are in the finals and suddenly, uh, you know, uh, Giannis and Eric Bledsoe are like out for two weeks. That that's just completely changes things. Now, I've heard some arguments that how is it different from injuries. Uh, it's different in two ways, right? One is if Giannis twists his ankle, he twists his ankle. If uh, three guys come out come down with COVID, it's very unlikely that three guys are out with, you know, twisted yes. ankle or hammy or something like that, right? So it's yeah. different that way. Also, when he's fine, he's going to play. But here, it doesn't matter whether you're fine or not. you got to sit out and, uh, two weeks. So Yeah, yeah. No, that is uh, agreed totally with you. The only thing that pains me in what you just said is that we are counting the loss of Eric Bledsoe as a potential, <laughs> like, you know, championship losing <laughs> cause and, i mean it pains me because it is true it is actually true and it just pains me because uh, no uh, i just picked well, a, I, I just picked a random name to go with the star right it will be too but, easy to say yanis and middleton but even, what I, my point is even if it is yanis bledsoe and pat connerton or something like that right it is yeah. a significant impact in a yeah, basketball and, uh, team. Yeah. So put in a different way, and this is again in alignment with what you said. See, if Giannis goes down during a game or even while working out, hyperextends his knee, it is something that obviously he has 99% more, more probability of getting that injury than the average person on the street. Mm-hmm. If he gets, if he strikes out of a game because he got COVID, you know what? He is as probable to get it as you and I. And that's what makes that a bigger asterisk where, you know, it is nothing to do with his game, with his participating in the NBA, you know, season. And he's out for no fault of his or for the environment he is in. So to me, if there are players who have to... And to me, though, Arvind, the only thing I would like to say, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in disagreement is, to me, it's not even about... Only mm-hmm. super superstar players. If you take out three rotation players from, the, you know, from any team, exactly a major, major hit in a say a potential seven game series. So to me, any such event and that you're right, that worries me. But any such event means a complete asterisk to the season. Right, right, exactly. That's especially in basketball, right, where the rosters are not that. Right. You know, it's not a fifty-man roster and things like that. Even though they have expanded it for the bubble, but anyway, I think at the end of the day, Ravi, we are happy that it's even back if it if they get there. I think once they start, the momentum will be to keep it going. Uh, but it's all about who gets COVID and who have to sit out. I think that would be the biggest driver of the whole asterisk conversation. Right now, they're trying to hype it up as, oh, this will be the most difficult championship ever and this and that. But, you know, let's play and see what happens, right? It's it's not... You can't talk about something we don't know anything about. Uh, We have to see how this thing plays out. Now... 
Switching to MLB, Ravi, any thoughts there? That's They've been almost uh, trying not to play, it looks like. But then finally, they have arrived at a 60-game season. But what's interesting there is a lot of players are opting out. They, yeah. the, the opt-out from a player side is a way more than uh, basketball. Um, I'm not sure how that is, uh, why that is. Did you Do you have a f- sense of what's going on there? Or is it just that they don't care about that prorated salary? It's so small. I think that, uh, there is truth to what uh, the, the re- that that being the reason. Uh, because to me, actually, in preparation for this pod is what I ended up reading a little bit about potential reasons for how or how does this environment get created where baseball players seem to be, I guess, too family friendly. They keep quoting, <laughs> you know, I need to be with my kids, with my family, with my grand uncle. Uh, I can't play. And, you know, so to, so to me, there's only two things that stand out. One is you're right. I mean, they couldn't care less uh, in regards to this prorated salary amount in, uh, you know, in when you compare that with candidly the guaranteed salaries that most of them have, especially the bigger superstar players, it really right. doesn't pinch their pocket as much. Uh, and the second thing is how much of the season essentially has been curtailed because of this, I think, goes into it as well. Because, And I think you alluded to earlier during the basketball conversation that in basketball, the difference is there has been a significant amount of season that's been played. In baseball, they're planning to start afresh and then keep it to, what, 60 games? Is that, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that roughly amounts to about one-third, a little more than that. And right. so to me, that element of this feels like a weird Tamasha season Right. I think is more prevalent, uh, and that's that's the only reason why I think there seems to be more eagerness not to play. Yes, this is where the owners were. I think pretty dumb to say that you, one of the negotiations that they were trying to do, Ravi, was they first. I don't know if you kept up with this. They first agreed to prorate to the number of games, right? Then they realized that without fans in the stand, they're not going to make the same money, right? Prorated yeah. money anyway. So they tried to cut even more of a salary, right? They said, no, 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 this will be 60% off 80% if we play 80% of the games or something like that. And that's when the players and the owners kept going back and forth and they finally decided on 60 games. So from the owner's side, they would be even more stupid if they had actually gotten their wish because then people like Mike Trout and Buster Posey, they'll be making even less. So from asking them to play baseball for 35 million dollars you are now asking them to play for 5 million dollars they why would they do it right they will just come back next year and make the 35 so i think that's part of what's going on but in a weird way ravi i am a little bit excited for baseball for two reasons right first we don't have any sports we are expect, excited for anything and everything but baseball is coming f- back first earlier than uh, basketball if these dates stand so we get to watch baseball uh, sooner than even basketball. Plus, I'm weirdly excited for the sh- like the short sprint, the 60-game season. I, uh, I agree. Let's see if it happens. This may be the first time in many years that I may actually sit and watch an entire baseball game uh, outside of the playoffs. I, I keep up with it, but I never really... I've sat and watched the entire baseball game uh, the last, I would say, several years maybe outside of playoffs. Now I might actually do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this feels like watching uh, a highlights package, right? Where actually the games (laughs) 
may mean something. Uh, so, so yes, uh, I think it's been since 2000, for the first time since 2004, 2005, when I'm actually interested in the beginning of a baseball season. Right, right. All right. Anything else uh, you want to hit on? Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be closer to sports next time we talk. Uh, but it's pretty much uh, all I I wanted to cover today. Uh, anything yeah, no. else on your mind, Ravi? And just a couple of tidbits, Arvind. One of which is obviously not related to U.S. sport. But I did you happen to see that cricket has started in England uh, with a test match series between England and West Indies. And why I'm, why I'm bringing that up, uh, not that I follow test cricket too much, is the amount of uh, interest in it as a spectator sport. Obviously, no crowds are allowed. But mm-hmm. I believe that uh, television viewing and the amount of coverage and nowadays the other metric that people are very keen on is social media hits. All of that seem to suggest that there is there will be alternate ways to po- to popularize and retain the popularity of sport once it starts. And that's been a welcome sight to see in the at least the first couple of days of this uh, England-West Indies Test match series. Oh, great. I didn't know that actually, that they had actually started. I was uh, wondering when, when cricket would be back. Uh, they're not playing in India yet, right? They are not. They are not okay. yet. And, okay. and I think India is a different um, cup of tea altogether. I mean, uh, I think it's easier to issue policies, much more difficult to legislate and execute it there. Right, right. So you are saying there is a, a g- good amount of interest in this test series in much, England? Yeah, they are calling it like, I mean, at least uh, double the expected amount when you talk about, uh, you know, a poor West Indies team. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing it's not like the Ashes where England plays Australia or if England plays India, where you will have a significant amount of the transient population or the migrant population who's been interested. We are talking right. about fairly nominal set of teams, but uh, interest level, I believe, is very high. That's good. Good to hear. I'm always a big fan of uh, Test cricket. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, thanks for that tidbit of information, and I hope to talk to you soon again, Ravi. And hope we are closer to sports. When Let's we hope so, And when we are, I think uh, we are getting at least to the calendar time of starting to talk about fantasy football again. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that we end up doing that. Can't wait. Yeah. Stay safe, Ravi, and stay safe, uh, everybody. You all, you as well, Arvind, and everyone. Thank you.